You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, and welcome to The Compass, the podcast documenting the struggles of life as an artist. I'm Leah Walsh. Hi, everyone. This is a re-release of episode 88 with Aaron Willamy. I originally published this back in August and ended up needing to put it on hold for a little bit. So here it is again, if you didn't catch it the one weekend it was live. Erin is a fantastic actor. She was a few years after me at the University of Evansville, and I still remember first seeing her on stage and being blown away by her presence and her ability to transform. She is a thoughtful and funny artist, and I'm excited to put this back out there for you to hear. If you have a moment, please rate and review the podcast in iTunes. It would be so helpful. And if you find the mission of the podcast to be valuable to you as an artist, check out the Patreon page at patreon.com slash the compass podcast i hope you enjoy the 88th episode of the compass so what do you do to try to keep from going to the dark side oh the question (laughs) you know i the first thing that comes to mind is yoga yeah, as that Yoga Gora studio in Astoria really saved me six years ago is when I started going there. Oh, wow. And it was like, that's when it was $5 a class. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's only recently eight, changed it. Yeah. yeah, to a whopping $8. So it's like still something that's affordable that gives me a chance to like just have a separate community. I like not, not just the act of yoga, but like going there and separating myself from acting in the way and like yeah being in the studio how it's often neat. do you usually go like three or four times a week oh wow yeah I mean it, it definitely became like an investment for me like I set mm-hmm. aside money to make sure I can go but it definitely helps calm me and the studio is so supportive of artists like everyone there seems to be like actor dancer painter yeah writer it's kind of cool so you actually talk to people there. I guess I so. Do. I just want to be anonymous <laughs> when I go to yoga. I never talk to anybody. I should be better about you that. You know, I, I like, I remember the days when I was anonymous and, you know, it's easier to fall over and be anonymous. <laughs> but now everyone knows, you know, I'm the, I went too many times that I had to start talking to people and then, yeah. but they're so supportive. Every teacher there is like, they're coming to see the show I do and oh. they're great people. So that's really nice. So yoga's helped me a lot. What does the dark side usually look like for you? It's usually um, the long period of time between jobs when I, and I love my, my day job is babysitting. Mm-hmm. And I love 
what I do, luckily. Like, I enjoy the act of helping kids and being around kids. But after a while, I'm like, when is it going to happen again? Am I going to get another job? And I start to spiral um, down into thinking, like, maybe I won't. Maybe I won't get another right. job. Maybe, maybe that done. was it. Maybe that was it, yeah. Because there's no guarantee, I guess. So it can be it can be scary if you start to think about it too hard. Yeah. Um, and so it's like... Well, hang out with friends or go to yoga or babysit or <laughs> do something to keep your mind off of it. Yeah. Hey, is that always what your go-to day job has been, been babysitting? No, I was, well, I worked in the box office at Signature Theater. Oh, that's right. For three years. That's right. With a lot of our um, friends. And then I worked in their development department for like a year just doing um, some data entry. And then I, I was a caterer, caterer mm-hmm. waiter. Um, for a couple years, and um, then I slowly moved into babysitting. So I've done a lot of those little odd jobs, but yeah, I got lucky enough to meet a lot of great families in Astoria. And so I'm babysitting for. Oh, lots that's of even better. People. It's in Astoria, and you don't have to travel right. across the city when oh, you're it's done. So great, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, I wanted to ask you. I mean, we can talk about all sorts of stuff, but I wanted to ask you what your experience was like going straight from Evansville to New York and figuring out what to do straight out of undergrad because I went the grad school route so I had a different experience what was that like for you yeah I for some reason I just knew I didn't want to do grad school I think that um it was because I knew I looked really young and I was feeling like um maybe it would help me if I moved to the city yeah to capitalize on that yeah and it was hard though. I mean, I didn't what I didn't know is you don't you don't get your equity card then if you don't go to a certain program or you it's it's things that I didn't think about or have a showcase or anything like that. So I I took classes at like one-on-one uh-huh. and um sort of got a showcase through that and that started my relationships with different people and then I got an agent that way, but it just took I mean, by the time people were graduating grad school from my year, I was just getting my equity card, too. So mm. it took just as long as if I had gone to grad school. Yeah. And it was tr- it was a different sort of transition, considering I didn't have um, any sort of showcase. So I, I was just sort of learning as I went along. And I ended up being picked up by an agent after a year. Um, and they it was a small agency, but they got me in the room for some things I wouldn't have otherwise been able to get into. And then that led to, you know, finally getting a booking after a few years. And then that led to something else. So right. slow process. Yeah. But, and I think, you know, looking back on it, I do sometimes wonder if I should have tried to go the grad school path. Um, just because it, it seems like a, I, would, I would love to have studied a little more before. But on the other hand, I play 16. I play <laughs> a really young looking characters so I guess it no worked. and I mean you were taking classes and spending money on different things but you probably also avoided a lot of student loans oh that's from true. going yeah <laughs> you know yeah. going to another another that's school. true and Evansville I mean it's a good school but it's not cheap so no, it's true <laughs> it's true how do you I mean you do play a lot of young roles and it's I'm sure it's like a blessing and a curse to you how are you feeling these days about being typecast or like how do you approach now that you're a little older 
approach playing some of these young roles? Yeah, I think that there's um, there's some roles that are young that I can't play that are just they need someone who's really that age. And then I think there's some roles that like are wise beyond their years, and that's mm-hmm. my like niche is that <laughs> I can you know hopefully bring like an older uh, sense to these characters that are 18 going on 29 right you know um and I also I mean it was hard because I starting out I didn't have um I was competing of course against a lot of people who were child actors who started professionally when they were actually children right so I didn't have the credits to support um support me as in getting in the room and stuff but eventually I got to the point where I think when people knew that I wasn't actually a teenager, that it was a benefit because they could, well, they didn't have to have my mom on set. Right. Um, and they also, like, got <laughs> could somebody. could you were responsible. Yeah, yeah. Dependable. So it did work for a while. At some point, it became, like, to my advantage. Um, and, like, the character now is 18, but she's definitely, like, a, a, a smart, mature 18, I think. Yeah. And there's such a range of 18, I think, that you can be. <laughs> oh, my God. There's such <laughs> a range. Think about, yeah. I mean, I still remember being 18 pretty well and thinking, like, sometimes I think, I haven't changed that much. And then, then I think of things I did, and I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I have learned a lot since then. Well, congratulations on your current play. Oh, thanks. Doll's House Part 2. Thanks. So exciting. <laughs> I want to go back. I saw it. With the original cast, oh, yeah. but I want to go back and see it now. Oh, yeah, it's very different. It. I'm sure it is. <laughs> but I wanted to ask, like, how long you guys... What, what it's like taking over a role, especially in a Broadway run. Like, how much rehearsal did you guys get, and how how, how long has this process been? Um, well... Was it quick? It was quick. Uh, for I felt like it was quick. We got about almost three weeks, maybe two and a half weeks of rehearsal, mm-hmm. um... And with Sam or with like the assistant director? It was director? with the assistant director. Okay. Um, Sam was there for a couple days, um, but Osh is our assistant director. He's amazing. Um, and he's been directing under Sam for years. He was okay. with The Flick and John and. Amazing. Um, oh, all the ones, you know, Sam's <laughs> many plays. So he was with us most of the time. Cause, and Sam was doing Hamlet as well. So. Right. And we. We sort of, we rehearsed because one of the characters is still the same actor, um, actress, Jane, stayed with the cast. So she was still performing at night. So we worked with the understudy, okay. who was great. And um, But it is interesting because then we had a whole nother dynamic when we actually got into the dress rehearsal and we added Jane. And I don't have any scenes with Jane, but I know that Julie and Jane was like, oh, this is, you know, we have two days to figure out our dynamic. Right. <laughs> Who are you? Um, yeah. Um, but they, I mean, apparently they worked together like 25 years ago. Um, oh, that must be Doing fun. a regional theater show. Isn't that neat? And there's a pit photo of them together. Hmm. And they haven't worked together since then. So it's, it's neat. And I mean, it's definitely hard because in, in this particular play, there's in this particular character like there's definitely different ways you can approach it yeah yeah it could be completely different it and, and I uh, and I'm sure it is yeah yeah I 
I think that what's neat about Sam and Osh is that, and I felt like from my very first audition, I knew that Sam was open to that, to like okay. maybe a different interpretation. Did of they it. did the casting director communicate that to you? No, which was kind of scary because I, I actually, um, got the audition and then went to see the show. Right. And then thought, oh, okay, that's not what I was thinking. But I'm trying to, yeah, I want to add to, you know, I want to take some of what she did and make it my own. And yeah, that's and tricky. I wasn't sure if that was gonna fly or not. And I got lucky, and and he also worked with me in the room, which was really nice. And then it was we started with the the same blueprint and the same blocking, mm-hmm. um, and and then things that didn't feel right for us, we would ask if we could change it, and they were very like, you know, flexible with that. Um, and then gradually, it kind of became our own. Yeah, but it's different. It's a weird. It's a weird thing to come in halfway through, or not even halfway, like at the end of a big run and be like, and now we're going to try it mm-hmm. and <laughs> see if that works. But I love that, though, because it's also, it speaks highly of the play itself, mm-hmm. which is hard when plays are on Broadway and it's not a musical. Yeah. And sometimes it's just about the star casting or whatever it is, but the fact that they really trust the script and that oh my it can, gosh, the yeah. actors can inhabit it and it's not it's not really about even the, though the performances were incredible it doesn't so have to good. be those actors for it to carry no. itself that's so true I mean really is the the writing is so good yeah it's exciting. and they keep saying you know when we get nervous it's like just trust the writing just trust the words that are coming out of your mouth because they're good and the story works so um as long as you say the right lines, <laughs> then you got a good, you know, good head start. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, you were mentioning before we started recording about how it's a little intimidating that it's like one big scene that you have and you yeah. don't come on and off. Yeah. And so there, you know, there's monologues and things like that. How have you been mm. preparing to go on stage? Like, is it different from what you normally would do? Yeah, because I realized pretty quickly that I can't be backstage from the top of the show like I can't be down there um because I get too nervous and I feel like I'm wait I would be waiting down there for almost 50 minutes before I set foot on stage and that's just too long yeah so I sort of stay up in my dressing room and get ready and I listen I actually do have the, the monitor on but um I kind of think of it as like I'm in a big house I'm in the doll's house and I'm on my love my bedroom level floor and then I come <laughs> down the stairs to talk to my mom and I find out she's in the foyer you know and yeah I love that so I come down later and then I'm only backstage for a couple minutes before I come on which has been a it, that's worked for me but it is strange because Julie's been out there for 50 minutes before yeah. I come out. So. And the audience has been present with her for yeah, the whole time. Totally. And then they're like, who the heck is this? You know, like, <laughs> um, yeah, and you have to kind of join the momentum. Yeah, absolutely. And you have a good idea of what this audience is before you even set foot on the stage. Yeah. Um, Stephen McKinley Henderson is so sweet. And, you know, I like to talk to him after he gets off. Um, after his first scene, <laughs> and get the report. And, yeah, he'll be like, "They're listening," or like, "They love me," or like, "They, or they really are Team Nora tonight." <laughs> you know, it's neat to get a like insight before you even the weather report. Yeah, the weather report that. for that evening. Yeah. Um, oh, he's so incredible. I know. I love him. You know, he directed 
a show as part of the Negro Ensemble Company uh-huh. when I was working in the box office. At and I remember, yeah, at the old signature. And I yeah. remember arranging all his tickets, like, and we all loved him because he was so kind when he would walk in mm-hmm. to all the box office employees. And and so I told him that, like, our first day of rehearsal. I was like, I arranged your tickets for that show. <laughs> and he's just such a nice guy. It's like, Oh, I mean, I remember seeing him in, like, the August Wilson shows there. Yeah. He's so crazy. Yes. Incredible. Gosh, yeah. He's just, he's pretty special. He has some good stories. Um, <laughs> so do they have a, a set end date? Or is it um, open, open-ended? Currently, uh, January, tw- uh, wait, wait, January 8th, I think, is okay. the set end. So we last yeah. until then. <laughs> you, like putting your paycheck in the bank oh my gosh yeah that's great it's like <laughs> it's like nice to have a, a little bit of some income yeah and, and trying to get those health insurance weeks and of course. you know save them it's like so that when I go to the dark place the next time hopefully I'll have like something to fall back on that's yeah it's just something that I always struggle with, and I know that you should try to embrace in this industry. Is just the fact that you can't plan ahead. Yeah, that's really hard. And I never thought that I was someone who needed to have control over things. My husband's gonna laugh when he hears that. Um, <laughs> but that, you know, the lack of control is really hard for me to deal with. Me too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, me too. I mean, my parents always said, like, we're really surprised that you chose this because mm. it doesn't really fit your personality. And it doesn't. And I take it out on them. You know, oh, like, no. <laughs> they have to hear all my anxiety and my, yeah. you know, upsetting conversations when I don't feel good about an audition or whatever. Right. And I feel bad that they have to go through all of that too. It's like, it takes its toll on your whole family, yeah. really, the dark times. I was going to ask how they they take in your choice to be an artist. So supportive. Yeah. I mean, my mom... I know they were just in town, right? They were, yes. They came in and um, saw the show three times. <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> They're so sweet. Um, but, you know, neither of them were ever into the, the acting. I mean, they liked going to the theater, but... Mm-hmm. So they're learning with me about this business, but they definitely are supportive and and happy like they probably they might even be happier than me when I actually get a a job (laughs) are you an only child no I have a younger sister she's a lives in Memphis and Uh she is well she was a second grade teacher um but now she's a nanny she's nannying oh you both Um, have the magic children yeah we like kids children magic yeah (laughs) my dad's a teacher my mom was a education major but okay so you've been around it yeah yeah yeah. And you grew up in Louisville, right? Mm-hmm. Did you go to Actors Theater a lot growing up? I did. I, I remember going with my mom to see, like, Forever Plaid and Dracula. That helps that you have. That even, yeah, if your parents liked to see the theater, that you had an amazing regional theater in your hometown. I did. Oh, and I also, right across the river in um, New Albany, Indiana, mm-hmm. is Derby Dinner Playhouse. And I, like, did a couple internships there in their office. And I did a children's show there. And... So there's, they do lots of, they do big musicals and stuff uh-huh. there. Like, I remember growing up there, I saw Annie Get Your Gun or whatever, and, um, oh gosh. All those classics. All those classics. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also have, like, we have Stage One for kids. We have, 
I feel like it is a Kentucky Center for the Arts, so all the touring shows come through there. So I would get to see Lane Miz and Phantom when they come through. Have you had any artistic mentors in your time in New York? Yes. You know, one of my favorite, you know him very well, David Cottle. Yeah. Um, from the New Harmony Project. He's an amazing playwright. Yes. I'll have to, I'll put it in the intro. He was on The Compass. I don't remember what episode. Oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that. I you didn't read it. I didn't have hear to it. listen to it. It oh, was like wow. last, it was like probably a year ago. Oh, David. Yeah. I'm going to have to go listen to his. He's the sweetest. He really is. And like now I've known him since I was, God, uh, 21, 22. So it's been Did a long time. Did you read in his play in New Harmony or mm-hmm. were you working on another one? I don't remember. It was in his. It was his. Uh-huh. That was my first time in New Harmony. I remember the day I met him. And, like, he's just been such a support and a friend since the beginning in the art field, but also, like, personal things I call him about, <laughs> you know? He's, like, he's become, like, a big brother. Yeah. So, and his stuff is so good. Like, someone who's that talented, I feel like you, you can just trust them. <laughs> like, I trust his opinions on anything I do. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, he's my main mentor in the city, I would think. Yeah. Do you have any other artistic outlets that you reach for in between jobs? Are you a writer or anything like that? I'm not. You know, I wish I was a writer. Um, but I, my, because of the New Harmony Project, I love readings. So I do, I think I've done up to like 40 something readings in a year. Oh, wow. And yeah, I counted once because I was just. Curious. How do you get involved with them as an actor? I'm, I'm sure, sure it's I'm it sure it's started. like tiny strings that tie together, and you I think meet it, someone here, you mm-hmm. meet someone there. But yeah, I think maybe it was I gave my name to the Lark, and like the Lark, I did several readings for them, and then did a and then a director that saw me there brought me to another place, and I've done readings for like a lots of different companies. Some pay, some don't. Some are like a week long workshops some are one day mm-hmm. some are cold but like that has kept me that's another thing that keeps me out of the dark place because it's like I have something to work on yeah and focus on when I'm not in have a don't have a job really um and then you feel like you have a purpose too because these plays are still being workshopped and developed and like you're contributing to that process so that's been that's sort of, since I'm not a writer and I haven't uh, found another creative outlet, I think that that's served me really well. <laughs> no, and I'm sure it serves the plays to have someone I hope so. in the cast who has like perfected the art <laughs> of being an actor and readings, you know? Yeah, and it, it's hard. You know, giving feedback. I think that's something that New Harmony actually taught a lot of us from Evansville really well really young yes like how to give feedback in a constructive way oh yeah how to how Um, to prize the playwright mm -hmm. above everything else just because that's the beginning of the theater yeah or she yeah yeah and the fact that like I just remember being in that conference room at New Harmony and thinking oh he's changing that right now like he's actually changing his line based on what we just said yeah and that's so neat because you don't ever really think about that when you're doing plays in college because you're doing published works that are right. completed and it's just a different it's a whole different world that opens up and something that you're contributing to yeah totally um, 
what I was gonna say. I'm trying to think of something else that something came to mind. Oh, just, I mean, it can be hard too because some of these, some you'll do like four workshops of a play and then it finally gets produced or it gets picked up and you don't get the part. Yeah. So it's hard, you have to keep like, a, which I don't do very well, like a balance of how attached to get to a piece. Because that's happened, but then the opposites happen too, where you do get to do the piece once it actually goes yeah. to a, a stage. I think that's difficult for everybody involved. Yeah. Especially if they really enjoyed working with you, but they're making that decision for whatever reason. The producers want someone else. or Yeah, that can be hard. Or if it's a different director than the one you worked with. or But you do feel, it's hard when you feel like, oh man, I really helped contribute to yeah and especially if you weren't getting paid in the workshop process Mm -hmm. it's like yes now that you invested your time Mm -hmm. but there's no promises (laughs) yeah I guess that's the the other part about being an actor it's like we are I think it's weird because everyone thinks about like acting as like the celebrities and stuff right like there's so many of us like just giving our our energy and our creativity to things and then never getting to do them or yeah. be part of it and like we struggle <laughs> it's true it's so hard <laughs> you know well and that's that's the thing that's always um it's that weird line between you know making this your career mm-hmm. which we should be able to right because yeah, right? people are getting paid for it um, and it's a job, but it's also like when you add that circumstance, you add all of these other expectations and pressures on it mm-hmm. that if you, let's say we were only doing it as a hobby, we wouldn't be putting on it. Mm-hmm. I don't know, guys. <laughs> it's, it is. And it's like, you have to, but decide. it is an industry. So why shouldn't we be the ones who are right? Somebody's you know, must be making money doing it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's when you have to, um, be able to do everything tv film commercials yeah. theater you know voiceover you have to have yeah otherwise i don't know how people make it financially well i remember we ran into each other at a play like after you had done the crucible and you were saying like oh i had, I had ex- kind of expected after having that credit to have the auditions becoming a little more to have you know the even though we know it's not a ladder like to have something opened up open up yeah. in a way but it wasn't happening immediately no not at all I mean it was yeah. um I had little things here and there which I'm in readings and workshops and um but this was my next big one which was almost a year yeah so that that that's not easy um but you know I'm grateful it was only a year could have been <laughs> could have been longer yeah um but you really have gotten a chance to work in film too yeah, how, I've how been is really that lucky. Oh, it's so it's so different from theater, and coming from such a theater background, both all of us mm-hmm. that we know, it's it's just very strange. It's, <laughs> it's just a whole different world. Have you just been like learning as you go? Yeah. Or did you take classes and? I took um, a class with Marcy Phillips mm-hmm. of ABC, and I took a class with Paul Cheney. I don't, I don't know. Am him. I saying his name wrong? Cheney. I don't know him. Um, he he casts a lot of like good indie film like Winter's Bone and mm-hmm. and that stuff, and they were those classes were really helpful. Um, but that those are the only two I took, um, and um, I think Marcy was the one that just said she she said something like just 
do exactly what you what you can and then you have to let it go because because like I did an audition and she goes yep and now you either get the party you don't like there's nothing more to do like Hmm. and like you either so you have to get to that point where you just easier said than done right (laughs) so you're saying that I can't go home and twiddle my thumbs by the phone and like think about it think Think it it into existence yeah exactly (laughs) no I mean that's so true but it's difficult to do yeah it, it is definitely but um I have so many friends who are like writing their own short films or shooting their own stuff and that Mm -hmm. I admire that so much and I maybe someday I can try to make my own work because that seems so important and I think nowadays it really is yeah I've never been good about that either this with the podcast is really the first time I've yeah you're really made it something like that happen I've always been someone who much more depends on like a group dynamic and the communal drive to get something off the ground. Right. That's why I'm not a director. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'll do my little part, but you tell me what to do. Like. <laughs> was Perks of Being a Wallflower your first film? Yes. It was my... I had done student films. Okay. But I had never seen a call sheet before. Mm-hmm. I had never... I didn't really know what I was doing. And... I remember Stephen Chavosky, the director, saying to me, so what have you done before? Like, one, on my very first day of shooting. And I was like, this Columbia grad film about blah, blah, blah. And he was like, that's it? <laughs> well, <laughs> he'd already like, cast you, so yeah. he saw your resume at some I point. Did, but I was so dumb, I didn't even think that that wasn't, a, that I was that behind. <laughs> I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have an IMDb profile. I didn't have anything. Oh. I don't know. I got lucky as heck, but... He was so nice because then at the end of the first day of shooting, he said he had everybody stop. It was like 4 a.m. And he was like, everyone give Erin a round of applause for her first day on a feature film. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> it was really sweet considering Emma Watson sitting right there having done Harry Potter's for, you Since know, she was 15 years. Yeah, 10 or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was like, thanks, first day. Uh, I mean, it looked like a, that film is so much fun to watch. Yeah, and it was great part because... I didn't have a lot of lines and mm-hmm. so I just was there a lot watching and observing and learning and and it's like a group of friends mm-hmm. in that like high school time when they're all so bonded so yeah I assume that that was kind of the experience of doing the scenes it was totally and we really all stayed in the same other. hotel the whole time in Pittsburgh and we would hang out after so we were able to create like a a friendship of mm-hmm. the five of us or six at one point there were like seven of us staying in that hotel um and then kind of carry that over to set which was fun yeah it was neat um, how has your um approach to auditions changed over the last however many years is there anything that you can like observe about how you approach it hmm. i think that i i learned that if I get too nervous, I can't perform well. So maybe the one thing I've learned is keeping myself from, like, getting too worked up beforehand. Um, or, like, I, I, you know, I really appreciated Amelia's uh, podcast. Amelia McLean. Mm-hmm. Yes, because she said, you know, sometimes you have to, you don't always have to be memorized to have a great audition. And... I, I agree with her on that, and I think I have had struggled to let myself look at the page, yeah. and I think that my best auditions are when I do allow myself 
to look down because I'm able to fully be in the character and not be like searching in my head for the lines. And sometimes you don't have to look down, but as if you've given permission to yourself to do that, then you don't feel that pressure. So that that was I mm. totally agree with her on that. And I think that I used to just think if I look down, then my audition's over. You know, right. that that's the worst thing to happen. Yeah. Um, no, I definitely put a lot of pressure on that too because again, the control thing, like that's the if I can yes. really know all the lines, that's the the main thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously making choices and acting is But well. yeah, but don't but, like if so I know the lines, that's gonna They're gonna realize like, I put so much work into yeah. this and I'm gonna feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then it doesn't always like and you know, it may have been Marcy that said, We like it if you're holding the sides. casting directors will get anxious for you if you put Mm. them down because they're like is she gonna go up like is she gonna need that right and so I remember her saying that so I never put them down I always have them but sometimes I'm not on the right page or whatever but that sort of accepting that you can't always sometimes you have 24 hours you know and that's just life and (laughs) you can look at the page Erin you know (laughs) And then what was the... I haven't seen the most recent film that you did. What was oh, that experience sweet, like? sweet, lonely girl. Yeah, tell me about that. It was so cool because it was my first lead in a, in a feature. How exciting. It was I'm really I'm saying unique. that through this whole podcast. That's my <laughs> phrase for Aaron's podcast. How exciting. <laughs> I'm just realizing it. Sorry, guys. How exciting. <laughs> well, it was. I was like, okay. I mean, that was... It was... Um, it's considered a like gothic horror. Okay. Which, But it, there's no blood... I can't handle blood, so I'm very <laughs> glad that there was no blood. Um, but it's like that sort of 70s horror film kind mm. of feel. Um, he drew a lot of inspiration from films like um, My Summer of Love, Heavenly Creatures, um, Persona, like like a lot of female doubling tales. And then he wrote this sort of script that had two girl, two women in it and this mysterious house and it was a, it was a great experience because for the whole month I'm in every pretty much every scene so I'm learning so much yeah. and getting to be constantly in front of the camera and constant and it was also actually um very little dialogue hmm. which was neat because it was all about show like making sure that you weren't I learned a lot about the difference of what a camera can pick up hmm. and what, you know, from from theater when you're, we feel like we have to show a little bit or sometimes, but the camera picks up everything and it was so fascinating. Huh. He'd be like, you know, if that's a five, take it down to a two. I'd be like, wow, okay. Yeah. So I don't even have to show that much. <laughs> like, it's, it's yeah, neat. Yeah, that's such a gift to be able to just practice that much. Yeah, I got to practice. And experiment. And the director, Alex Calvo, he is amazing. A.D. Calvo, he goes by. Okay. He wrote it, he directed it, and then he just submitted it, and we got into these pretty great festivals. Like Nice. Like, I'm going to write down his name so I can look at Yes, look him up. He would be a good podcaster. <laughs> is he in New York? <laughs> he is in Connecticut. He's in Connecticut, and he all comes right, here all Alex. the time. <laughs> Alex. And he's got a great voice. Like, I would listen to him. Okay. Well, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it was fun. It was. It's on um, Shutter. It's a Shutter okay. exclusive. It's a streaming service for horror movies through AMC. All right, Shutter. Yeah, Shutter. <laughs> <laughs> so exciting. 
exciting. Yeah. There it is again. There it so is. So exciting. You can tell that I'm tired, can't oh, you? Oh, bless your heart. <laughs> How are you feeling about New York these days? You know, um, I do love it here. I feel like I, lo- I love Astoria, and yeah. I love where we all where we live. And I, I do think that, especially in this climate, this political climate, climate, it's nice to be in this city. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really grateful I live here and not anywhere else right now. But I think it would be neat someday to try uh, L.A. Yeah. And just see what that side of the country's like. Um, have you ever spent any time there? I've spent like 72 hours total on two <laughs> different trips combined. So no, not really. Yeah. But I have a friend who I just met with today who's giving it a shot. They're moving out in two weeks and she's only lived here. And, you know, it's, I feel like it's so brave and it's worth a try just to see what that world's like so you always know. But on the other hand, I'm like, I just can't imagine never, like, I can't imagine never coming back here. Yeah. This is sort of home, and the theaters here, you know, I, I just don't even know how to, you would leave theater, doing theater. Of course, there's theater in L.A., but right, I just but don't it's know. not the same. It's, yeah, it's not the same. No, I mean, I just got back from this wedding in L.A., and it was, like, everyone we talked to was trying to convince us... To move out there? To move out there, which, you know... I don't know. We've talked about maybe going in the next five years or so. Yeah, just to try. Just to try, and also just to have more space. You know, and having a yard of some sort. Having some outdoor would life. Would be nice. In um, a different way. For Gus Gus. <laughs> for Gus Gus, for, for my dog. dog. <laughs> what is the, how has that changed your life, getting a dog oh in my the God. city? You know, I never thought I'd do it. Uh-huh. And... I I had been, you know, going through a breakup, thinking, okay, what am I going to do to lift myself out of this? Right. And it has really, it's been the best investment in my own sanity. <laughs> He's amazing. He, you know, it's some, I swear that all those studies are true, that it really helps your brain. And I, f- I feel like every time I look at him, I get like a little release of endorphins or whatever, yeah. serotonin. And so... Did you grow up with dogs? I did. Yeah. I did. So it had been a long time of not having one. But, you know, he's been great. And, you know, it's hard in New York, but he, he's pee pad trained. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he goes on that if he needs to. And you have you have a, people who can check in on him I do. if you can't get home. Luckily, I do, yeah. 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 That's great. <laughs> Was there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Um, I just think it's neat, uh, just to shout out to our Evansville group of the kind of support we have here. I'm just so grateful for that. You know, someone asked me when I was, they were, people stay after with their playbills and someone said, what's your advice to a girl? She was about to do her college auditions. And I said, audition for Evansville. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think like that support group here has been, uh, it's I don't know incredible. what I do without of it. Yeah, we have without it. Like, I don't know. I mean, even coming here and having a new community at a new school, which mm-hmm. really did help me transition. Like having somewhere to go every day. Yeah. But like coming here with a community already built, mm-hmm. it's huge. And even like so many people that, like, I mean, I only went to school with you for a year, and yeah. I feel so grateful that I get to hang out with you and no, and see you at readings know each other. and yeah, and even people like Nick Mills who I never even went to school with and yet 
I'm like excited about his Broadway show and his work in Amelia and um, no, Matt and we Smart. All, we all really care about what everyone else yeah, is doing. Yeah, it's a pretty great community. Yeah. Um, for life, I feel like we're like a fraternity sorority or something. <laughs> Evansville is UET. UET. <laughs> yeah. So just thought I'd. I'm yeah. sure you've done shout outs to them no, before. No, that's a great. That's a great shout out. Had to I give agree. another one to Lutz. <laughs> So are there any concrete things that you reach for again and again, like if you are in an uninspired, dark place besides yoga? <laughs> like a book you read or a place you go or music you listen to or something? Ooh, um, I'm very lucky to say that um, my parents have been yeah. my rock. Um, and I feel like I call them and... I, I go home. <laughs> I go yeah. to Louisville. Um, and I went there, I think, four times last year. And that was the most I'd been visited home in a while. But there's something about, like, going back home and sort of recharging that yeah. has helped me a lot. But when I can't, I would say my friends and reaching out yeah. no matter what. Because um, do you live alone? I do. Yeah. Yeah. Which is amazing, but when you're in that dark place, it's oh, yeah. easy to isolate. It's been about two and a half years now that I've lived alone, and I Skype with friends that don't live here a mm -hmm. lot. Um, like Skype with people in L.A., and that has... I don't know how people did it before cell phones and Skype. I know, it's amazing. Yeah, it just makes you feel so much more involved, and I don't feel like I'm alone. Yeah. Um, I mostly use it to Skype with my nieces, and I'm like, what if I didn't have this? Exactly. Like, that's, that's incredible. huge. That's huge. And I've been dating a guy who, um, his his niece is in Japan, and her, yeah. his brother lives in Japan, and they Skype all the time. Incredible. I mean, it's really changed everything, so I just reach out a lot. I bug people. That's my answer. <laughs> that's a great answer. I'm like, I'm down. Talk to me. <laughs> That's a great answer. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, and then I know you've been busy with the show, but have you seen anything recently that you want to recommend? Oh, gosh. Okay. Yeah. Any medium, not just theater. I saw um, Parallelogram at Second Stage. Oh. I really liked it. I don't it. know anything about that. Uh, Bruce Norris wrote it. Okay. And Celia Keenan-Bolger is in it. Love She's her. so good. It's so, it's so trippy. It's such a cool piece I don't want to give anything away but it's like it's about like you know parallel it's kind of like instead of a telegram it's about like a parallel universes gram hmm. so what if we could you know go to the parallel universe and change something kind of a play yeah. it's really like I've never seen anything like it on stage I mean it's good and that's running right now and Michael Greif directed it and Great. I think it just opened actually okay See it. Yeah, go check it out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you'd be good in that part too. I want to see it. <laughs> um, anything else? Um, what else did I see? It's okay. I can't try. I don't know. What else have I seen lately? I'm about to go see Napoli, Brooklyn. Ooh, I want to see that. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it closes at the end of the month. <sighs> but um, I've been terrible about seeing things. We're seeing Natasha Pierre again. I've not night. seen it. September third. This is embarrassing. Now, yeah, I, don't I have to go now. When? when oh yeah, do did you guys, they not have? When do you guys not have shows? Sunday evening? Do they have Sunday evening? I think they just have an afternoon. You'll have to watch the video at the library at mm -hmm. some point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm really... We saw... I mean, our Frankie's best friend, Nick, is in it. So we saw it twice at Ars Nova, and then 
we got to go to opening night with him. Oh, that's so cool. And then we're going to see it again. And it's just, it's such an incredible show. I'm very, this is a larger discussion, and I'll have to have someone on from Comet to talk about it, but yeah. I'm very sad that it's closing. I am too. It's an incredible work I'm of art. I'm so disappointed. Incredible. Yeah. It just seems like it's, it's not a huge undertaking. the right time to go away. Yeah. Or to be. Anywho. I want to see Bandstand before it closes too. Mm. I bet that's fun. Yeah, I hear it through my dressing room window all the time. I'm like, that <laughs> sounds so good. <laughs> I also listen to Phantom from the bathroom. Oh, yeah. I know Frankie's <laughs> sister is one of the ballerinas in that. What? Yeah. Really? She's one of the ballerinas. I want to meet her. I'm, well, I'm sure you will at some point. I'm so like... Next time she's in Astoria, I'll call you and you come over. Because we share a, um, a stage alley. Yeah. And so I'm always like, are you in Phantom? I'll have to show you her picture. And she, I mean, <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> she's like, got Frankie's eyes, so I'm sure you could pick her oh up. Oh, my God. That's so cool. <laughs> I'd love to meet her. Karen, thank you. Thank you so I much. I really Lena. appreciate you doing this. Oh, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Compass Podcast. I'm Leah Walsh. More episodes are coming soon. Please look for us on Facebook and iTunes. I'd like to thank the following people for their generosity. The Compass cover art is by Kim Miller. Music by Brendan Spieth. Audio assistance from Nick Choksi and a special thanks to Frankie J. Alvarez. See you next time. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.